0: This Day in Maine is made possible by listeners and by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation, offering crawl space repairs and waterproofing. EasternBasements.com. From Maine Public
1: Radio and MainePublic.org, I'm Patty White with the news on This Day in Maine, Friday, February 23, 2024. An initial round of Maine borrowers has been approved for
2: student loan forgiveness through a new federal
1: repayment program, Nicola Grisco reports.
2: About 700 Mainers will have more than $5 million in student loans forgiven in the coming weeks, according to the U.S. Education Department. These are borrowers who have been making payments on their loans for at least 10 years and have a balance of less than $12,000. And they've enrolled in the new Saving for a Valuable Education, or SAVE, plan that the White House is rolling out. For others in the program, loan payments will be based on a smaller portion of a borrower's income under the new program. Policy experts say a previous federal student loan repayment program was often confusing and difficult to use, especially for low-income borrowers. Under the new program, all borrowers will receive forgiveness after 20 to 25 years. About 32,000 Mainers are currently enrolled in the SAFE plan, though policy experts say more may be eligible. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Nicola Grisco. An ongoing investigation into alleged misconduct by staff at
1: the Maine State Prison has resulted in the reassignment of the warden to the Department of Corrections' central office. And as Susan Sharon reports, several other high-level staff have been placed on administrative leave.
0: The Maine Department of Corrections confirmed earlier this week that Warden Matthew Magnuson had been replaced, at least temporarily, pending the outcome of an investigation into alleged harassment, hazing, and inappropriate sexual relations between employees and incarcerated residents. Rumors have been swirling inside the prison about the possible involvement of other staff and on Friday, Corrections Commissioner Randall Liberty said action has been taken against several others for alleged misconduct.
3: So I have a, a deputy warden that's on administrative leave, I have a captain, two captains are on administrative leave, and um, I have uh, one sergeant that's on administrative leave also on an on unrelated matter to some of them. There's a couple different issues that are going on.
0: Liberty says he's confident that the investigation will show only a few people are involved. He says misconduct is not tolerated in his department and he plans to share more details when they are available. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Susan Sharon.
1: Maine's attorney general has determined that a police officer was justified in the shooting of a South Portland man last August. According to the AG's office, Officer Anthony Verville and another officer responded to complaints of gunshots in the Summit Terrace neighborhood around 4 a.m. on August 25th. The report says the police had responded to a call from the wife of 47-year-old Christopher Dodge. And when Dodge drove into the parking lot in his truck, officers reportedly ordered him to get out with his hands up. But they say Dodge instead pointed an AR-style rifle toward them. Officer Verville fired at Dodge, who died from multiple gunshot wounds. The attorney general says Verville reasonably believed he was acting in self-defense when he used deadly force. The state of Maine has filed a civil complaint against a Bangor recycling plant where state investigators say they found nearly 200 catalytic converters. Documents filed Monday in the case allege that AIM Recycling acquired the converters without a required license. State Senator Jeffrey Timberlake sponsored a 2022 state law which introduced new requirements recyclers must follow to obtain converters. He says the regulations are designed to discourage theft of the devices, which contain valuable precious metals.
4: Part of the goal was is it kept recyclers honest. A pawn shop's not supposed to buy stolen goods, right? And this is the same thing. We're, we're trying to make it a lot more easy for uh, these recycling yards, to be honest, because it gives them a way to say to these guys that are stealing them, hey, I'm sorry, I can't take your, your catalytic converter.
1: Investigators from the Bureau of Motor Vehicles say they found the car parts of the Bangor facility last August. Sunday River is suspending operation of a chairlift after a mechanical issue forced the ski resort to evacuate more than 200 people on Thursday, a spokesperson says the lift passed all safety checks before it opened at 8 a.m., but was shut down after an operator identified the issue Thursday morning. The resort says the lift will be out of service until it's inspected and passes all safety protocols. The sole container shipping company operating in Maine lost over a third of its net revenue in 2023. In its annual financial report released last week, Icelandic shipper Aimskip attributed the decline to changes in transatlantic shipping rates, Matt Burns, the executive director for the Main Port Authority, says the losses will hardly cripple the state's shipping industry.
3: The success of their business is is very important to us, but you know, I don't foresee, you know, any like issue. Things will improve eventually, but as far as I'm concerned, we're doing, you know, not just our normal container operations in Portland, but other stuff going on throughout the state.
1: Aimskip has used Portland as its US headquarters since 2013. The design of the new Pine Tree State Motor Vehicle Registration Plate will be unveiled on Monday. State law dictates that the plate must have a buff neutral background, blue identification numbers and letters, a representation of an eastern white pine tree, and a blue star representing the north star on the side of the plate. The new plate is modeled after the 1901 Maine State flag. The design will replace the chickadee plate starting in May of 2025. As ambulance services around the state struggle with both staffing and funding, a pilot program in Central Maine is asking doctors to help train the next generation of paramedics. As Caitlin Badayan reports, it's also designed to send physicians on 911 calls with them.
3: All right, you ready for med school in four steps? It's really simple.
4: Dr. Tim Pei wears a lot of hats in Central Maine. He's an emergency medicine doctor at Maine General Medical Center, a volunteer for Belgrade and Rome Fire and Rescue and a regional medical director for Maine EMS. Today, he's speaking to high school EMT students at Mid-Maine Technical Center.
3: Ready? So step one, you have to make a decision. What is the problem that the patient came in for?
4: And while Pei teaches the class, he's also on standby. Not for the hospital, but as a first responder to any emergency 911 calls that may come in. Pay hey is one of three physicians who have signed up to take part in the pilot program called MD3, although three more have already been recruited. He says the goal isn't to replace paramedics or EMTs, but to assist them. The physicians, he says, can respond to complex or critical patients, or to low urgency cases and treat patients at the scene instead of taking them to the hospital.
3: So I've done that with uh, a fish hook stuck in someone's thumb during a blizzard, right? And I do that as a first responder. And there's no reason to put uh, a paramedic level ambulance or other first responders on a dangerous transport to the scene when I can just go and, and treat and release that case.
4: In the first few weeks of operations, MD3 has already responded to 19 active physician cases, including pregnancy emergencies, sepsis, and cardiac arrest. On this day, things are slow. So as he waits for his radio to go off, he continues the EMT training
3: session. So for us today, the problem is trouble breathing. Simple, right? You get a 911 call having you respond to Fairfield on Main Street for a 72-year-old female with difficulty breathing.
4: Mid Maine Technical Instructor Abigail McMahon says she already plans to have Pay return to her class. She says scheduling paramedics who are already overworked to stop by class can be a challenge, and she says Pay brings special strengths as a teacher to the classroom. Sometimes he can pull stuff out of the students that I was, you know, questionable if they even had there. So it's it's good and it like really empowers them and gives them um, motivation to do better. But also I think it puts into context, like really where they can go from here. Grant funding for the MD3 program will run out in September. So to keep it going, pay has requested $350,000 from the county, enough to fund an additional year.
3: If we could have funding for a year, then we could look at the data of our impact and then assess, is it worth ongoing funding? Um, And involve others in that assessment so that we can do a critical, but a fair assessment of the idea. It's a hypothesis, right? It's a proof of concept.
4: The model isn't entirely new. Versions of it are used successfully in Europe and in other parts of the U.S. Kennebec County commissioners are starting the budgeting process now and will decide in the coming weeks whether to keep the program alive in central Maine another year. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Caitlin Bedian, And that's today's Maine News. For more stories, visit MainePublic.org.
1: Coming up on Main Calling at 11 Monday morning, how zoning issues affect the housing crisis. I'm Patti White. Thanks for listening.